welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Have you ever had a question for the opposite sex in which you seek to be answered authentically? On this podcast, that is exactly what we do. I discuss intimate topics with guests as they share their point of view about dating, sex and relationships. We are raw and authentic to reveal the essence of how the opposite sex feels about today's topic we are exploring. If you have a question, please feel free to write to us and ask. It just might inspire our next episode and get answered. Thanks for joining me today. Now let's dive in deep to today's topic. Welcome to our Deeper Secrets Revealed podcast. I'm Sarah Finlay and thank you so much for listening. Today we'll be discussing what straight couples can learn from gay couples about relationships. So I've invited my very good friend, AJ Myers, to give us an insight into gay relationships and share his wisdom. AJ is the author of Final Boarding as well as other books. He also works in film marketing at Lionsgate. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So pumped to finally be having this conversation with you. I know. It's great. I've been listening to your podcast, so it's kind of cool to be on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I believe a big difference between heterosexual relationships and gay relationships is the gay community is much better at setting boundaries and upfront and defining it. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I was listening to your other podcast where you talked about this, actually. And I was thinking about what you had said. And gay couples are very different, but they're very... You have to be upfront and honest with... Um, and I can only speak to, the obviously, gay relationships versus lesbian or bisexual, etc., But there are so many intricacies with a gay relationship that you really do have to be upfront at the beginning. And I think as you get older, you kind of know what you're looking for and what you need in a relationship. And me personally, I'm kind of at a point where I'm not really wasting my time or anyone else's time. So I'm kind of, I'm looking for a certain thing. I want to make sure I have that. So in my previous dating history, in my like late 20s to now 30s, um, has been about being upfront with like, you know, what I am looking for. And I'm was in the point of where I'm looking for something serious and like. So how do you do that? So is it like on a first date, you're like, I'm looking for a boyfriend or like, how's that happen? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a first date. I mean, you can have, have a conversation and bring up certain questions that can, insinu- you know, I guess insinuate that, but there's many different things you can do. I I think that I have been the type that that will, I'm not going to talk about like getting married or things like that, but I will kind of talk about, you know, if it gets to a point, it's a a good tactic is talking about previous relationship experiences, because then you can get a sense if that person has had long-term or short-term relationships. If you kind of talk to someone that's like just kind of a, a serial dater, they're probably less a chance of being someone that might want to have something more serious. I mean, it just, it varies. Okay. Um, that was one tactic that I would use. And what if that person though got, went through a bad breakup and they were just dating and that was why maybe they are ready. Um, have you experienced that? Well, I've experienced people that have gone through bad breakups and I've been that person that's gone through a bad breakup. And a lot of times they say they're ready, but in my experience, and this is not, this is just what I have gone through, um, a few years ago was they said they were ready and then they actually weren't. And it just kind of. Uh, didn't work out so well 
But you should always give someone the benefit of the doubt, yeah. you know, because if, but I think that person needs to have closure and have, and have, you know, found peace with the ending of that relationship before moving on, whether they find it in their own healthy methods or even therapy, if it was something a little bit more traumatic, you know, that's kind of important. So if you, you can kind of gain a sense of someone has found that closure yeah and moved away from it so we love to give advice to our listeners so what are some of the questions that you put out there to you know a little bit of filtering (laughs) to weed through yeah everything (laughs) um well i think i don't necessarily usually would do it on a first date but i think within like date two definitely date three um I'm like, you know, are you looking for something more serious? Like just, I'm very, I'm very upfront about it. Okay. Like, that's just my style now. I don't play, I'm not into games. Yeah. And I like communication. And so texting or calling or however you communicate with someone, if it's pretty quick and efficient, that's how you're going to make plans. I'm not a fan of people like, oh, waiting around to text. And that's just me personally. I just. Oh I yeah, don't, that's games. Yeah. I just don't do games. So for me, it's like, you get a sense of someone's interested, they're communicating, they're, they're making an effort to make plans, even if you're both busy or live in different parts of a city. And sometimes it's hard to meet during the week or whatever with work and stuff. But communication is kind of the key to, be, or the, the, the communication of like planning. Is I feel like it flows naturally backwards and forwards. And if it's not really flowing or if it's stopping and starting, it's like, uh, uh agreed. And then when I get that feeling, then I'm, I'm a little bit more like confident to ask these type of questions. Like, what are you looking for? Like, like what, what is your ideal situation? Are you definitely interested in having a partner, boyfriend, whatever? And, and just trying to find ways to kind of get into it. It's great when the other person does it. Cause then it's less pressure on you, but that's not yeah. always the case. And I've had dates where people are upfront. They're like, you know, I'm just kind of dating to date. Don't need anything serious. I'm not that place in my life right now. And then I'm like, okay, great. And I've become good friends with those people as yeah. well. Cause they were, I, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. And I look for that inequality of not just a partner, but even friends. And I was like, I it actually, it's very, com- it, it's commendable when someone's like very honest and upfront with you. And, and I, you know, politely like, well, I'm looking for something more serious. So, you know, I'm, let's just be friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. And it's, it totally, it's it's the adult thing to do. How have you got the confidence to do that? Because some of, you know, those conversations can be a little bit scary. <laughs> I think Until you get used to doing them and then you're like, meh, whatevs. I think just with age. The, okay. I think the, the older you get, you, you really kind of grow the balls, the the confidence to just do it. And for me, that's what it is. It's just this confidence I have because I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm not really losing much. I'm not, I don't want to waste my time. Cause I, I've been in relationships that have lasted months or just dating someone months. And then they end up getting hurt cause they don't want something more serious. And it's like, I just spent like five months that I could have maybe met someone else. So I don't want to, I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste the other person's time. So I'm thinking in a way I'm kind of thinking about myself, mm-hmm. but I think it, it really is. It, it comes with age and, mm. and I'm just, I don't know. I mean, like, the term zero fucks given. That's kind of how I see life. <laughs> yeah, I love you it. Know? That's a good way to live. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think the difference is between a heterosexual relationship and a gay relationship from the perspective of the dynamics of the relationships? Well, I think, you know, with any relationship, a lot of the same things go into it. The main difference and the most obvious in speaking with my heterosexual female friends is there's these male-female gender roles that have to play, like, 
you're an exception to the rule, I think, for the most part, because I Sarah, <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> because like a lot of my girlfriends are like, well, he needs to like ask me out or he needs to text me. And I'm like, why? Like, I, I think it's I think it should change in my opinion. Oh, uh, yeah, I see. Because with gay saying. relationships, it's like, well, it's like it's not one or the other. It can technically be halfway. And like when you got to dinner, it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's either you just split the bill or whoever asked the person out will pay. Like, that's kind of a okay. maybe thing. Yeah. But um, so I think that in gay relationships, you're kind I feel there uh, sometimes you're an equal footing. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. But the male female gender roles where the men have to kind of take charge. I, a lot of my female friends really want and like that. I feel like that's a little, not as modern. And I feel like if you really are interested in someone, you just go out and ask them out, which I know you do that. <laughs> and I feel like you seem to go on a lot of dates, right? <laughs> Am I calling yeah. you out? Sorry. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it works, this. but it yeah, works, right? Yeah. And like, I do you think that those men are responding well to that? Like, do they think that's kind of cool? It's kind of sexy. It's attractive. Well, or? I, I do it in the sense that I don't make specific days per se, but I'll like suggest to catch mm. up or said like, I've thought of a fun date actually recently, um, which, you know, I'd love to do as a first date or whatever. And this is advice for guys out there as well, because I don't think you need to be spending lots of money to fancy restaurants. And girls that are into that have probably got their... Um, they don't have their prior or they have their priorities are a little bit more. Um, I was just thinking of the pucker face lips, uh, <laughs> that sort of girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so I've like suggested this out of like hiring one of those bird scooters, cruising along the beach and then maybe going somewhere for a beer or it could be food and whatever and chill like that would be fun. So I like put that out there as an idea, but I'll leave it up to him to like make the move because I've realised I can be maybe a little bit more masculine and, mm. and <laughs> I need to be feminine as well. So I'm trying to find this balance of like instigating but also being letting him chase because yeah. I think guys like to chase a little bit as well. Yeah. Do you like to chase or be chased? Well, I, I prefer to be on equal footing because I've done a lot of chasing and I get frustrated easily. Like if I have to work too hard, I'm just going to be like, this isn't going to be working for me. Yeah. I think it needs to be halfway because I want to chase someone, but I want that person to also chase as much and also yeah. be interested. Because in the end of the day, it's like if someone really is into you, it should be. Like That's that. my perspective a bit as well. I don't like how some um, women can do that and expect him to constantly chase like, I can feel sometimes if a guy's reached out to me a lot more or been proactive to be like, hey, how's, how's your day going or whatever. Um, so I'll deliberately make an effort to, you know, do that as well, to show him that I'm interested as well. And then if I'm not doing that, I'm probably not that interested. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I honestly, I, I, I think there's been a lot of missed opportunities with some of my straight friends where the girls are just playing too hard of games and the guys are just over it. They're yeah. like, I'm not going to deal with this and I think there's a lot of missed opportunities because I feel like some of these people could have actually become something and like they have that connection but it was just like it felt like someone had to just pull out because they're just like I just don't want to too hard work exactly it shouldn't be too hard work so I love that you've brought up the um equal footing and gender equality because that was my next question as well um because there are no traditional rules and when I say that, I obviously mean the old school traditional views of like women are doing the household things and cooking and bloody blah, blah, and the man's like working and bringing the money home, which I still think exists to a point. The sexual relation, uh, yeah, relationship, sexual relationships, <laughs> heterosexual relationships. Um, what do you think about this statement and how are things divided up in a gay relationship? Do you feel 
that it is, yeah, more equal because gender roles are non-existent. Yeah, and actually, so my boyfriend at the time was, he's, or my brother, my, boy, my current boyfriend right now. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. He's yeah, fantastic. He, he's like around the corner outside. <laughs> um, he's moving into my apartment. And what's really great about this experience is like, it's like everything can be split in half now. And okay. like, we've talked about the process. He's it's still a month away, but... We're gonna, we both have a dog. So like our dogs, like we can help each other with walking our dogs and, yeah. you know, like I work later than him usually. So we can help each other with things like cooking and like, I'm, I'm, I'm the better cook. I'm just, you know, I tell, <laughs> I, I tell him this. So like, I'm happy to be that person and then he can just do the dishes and then he loves to vacuum and clean. I hate that. So like we can find different oh, things. Oh, so you just play on the strengths and or what Yeah, exactly. But yeah. we're, but, but when you have two people together, it's a team and you're being more efficient and you're getting so much more done than me right now currently living by myself. I have to do everything hundred percent alone, Yeah, you know? So it's going to be really great to have things divided up. And so that's how my, how I want my relationship to be. And that's yeah. how I want it to be. I want it to be equal footing. You know, it's not really like a financial thing because not not everyone's going to be, you know, your relationships. It's Some people, someone might make more money than the other yeah. and whatever. But eventually you're just kind of like growing together. But as long as like in the end of the day, it's 50-50 for the most part. And with, you know, some kind of leverage where there needs to be, I think that's going to make a healthy relationship. And I think that's going to be, you know, prevent less arguments. And, yeah. and, and to me, it's all about really convenience i mean we both work a lot and and we're focusing on our careers and i think it's just great to have that and to like come home and be like we're, we're a team and we're going to keep this like apartment yeah. together so that's how i want to do it and that's how i plan to and we've already had these conversations you know as we've had we're you know a month and a half to prepare for it yeah and that's how i like it as well i had a long-term relationship when we were pretty 50 50 too but it wasn't at the beginning i remember like way at the beginning uh, where I shifted it, um, this is a little bit of a funny little disagreement. Oh, dis- uh, maybe me just making a point, actually, is I felt like I was, like, always doing the washing, right? And, like, I don't like doing domestic stuff. Like, who does? Just because I'm a woman, like, I don't like spending my time. I prefer to be doing something way more fun. Yeah. And so I felt like I was always doing the washing and I got sick of it mm-hmm. and I got sick of doing everything. So once – so and I – have this viewpoint as well, like you you treat someone how to treat you, you teach someone, sorry, how to treat you and how the, and you need to establish it more so at the front of the relationship because even in business, like everything goes wrong at the start, not at the end sort of thing um, for business, like whatever you've negotiated or setting expectations. So I have that approach in relationships as well. And so I'm thinking to myself, my God, if this dude thinks I'm going to be washing his clothes for the rest of his life, he's got another <laughs> thing coming. That is not yeah happening like I'm happy to do it and so I felt like that was the way that was going and one day I just washed all of my clothes like and without his clothes and he had lots of washing and he was like lying on the couch because we were living together lying on the couch and I'm like hanging out because in Australia we don't use dryers like you guys do in America. We use these clothes horse. I don't, actually not even hang. know. You hang your clothes. I just realised you don't even know what a clothes horse is. Um, yeah, oh. like a clothes hanger thing yeah. inside oh. to hang our clothes. It's a very Australian thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging the clothes out on the clothes horse and he's like watching me and after a while he's starting <laughs> to realise it's all my clothes and there's not one piece of his clothes. And I can't remember what he said. But he said something 
and I go, yeah, you're going to have to do your washing this weekend. You've got a lot of clothes that need <laughs> washing. And he goes, oh, would have been too hard to throw the clothes in while you did your own washing. I'm like, yeah, I know. It wouldn't have been that hard. You should try that one day with my clothes. Wow. <laughs> Good job, Sarah. <laughs> and from that point, and he did, and he, and he sort of took it on the chin and fair enough. And then from that point he did and it was amazing. In fact, I think he actually started to wash the clothes more than <laughs> what I did That's cool. and he was really good at it. But that was I deliberately did that then because I was like, I'm not washing this dude's clothes for the rest of my life or, you know, have along the relationship last. Like, no way. So that was how I did it. And then how I'd get him to help cook because I taught him a lot of cooking is I'd make him be responsible for one meal a week. And he had to, I'm very organised, being a publicist in my full-time life and a um, talent manager, I have to organise people all the time. So I'd like plan my week out for the food so I could get the go to the supermarket, get the groceries and not have to think about it again. So when I was planning the food, I'm like, what are you cooking this week? And he'd like pick a meal out and, and I'd make him take responsibility for that. And that's how we did that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Like an example, um, my boss, um, she and her husband are a really lovely couple and they're about to have a baby this summer for their first child. Um, but they've been together for like over 10 years and it's really cute. Cause she's like always la- giggling and texting her husband. And she's like, Oh, his name's Jay. She, and my boss is Shannon. She's like, he's, Oh, Jay's like making me this really healthy dinner. And it's like really lovely to hear that. Cause like, he's so like takes care of her and they like, and sometimes she cooks and it's just really great to like, to hear yeah. that. And I think those are the relationships. I think you are very happy. I think the whole, I mean, it's such a, it's so dated to be like the woman cleans and the woman makes no, like we're in the 21st century. It's 2018. I think it should be equal. Um, unless someone's really bad at cooking or really bad at cleaning, then, yeah. that's like, then you figure it out. And if you don't want to cook, then you know what, if you can afford it, Maybe have a meal prep yes. service of some sort. Just find something because in the end of the day, it has to be fair. So in gay relationships, you don't have those starting off because you're... It just is like that straight it away. Is. So yeah. I think straight couples can be like that. And and a lot are, not to say that a lot aren't, but, you know, it, it could really make a bond very strong. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um. So you have a lot of straight friends, you know, I know a lot of them. (laughs) What do you think they could learn from the gay community in regards to dating and relationships yourself, just from what you've observed? Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess I can, I feel like my advice, I, you know, I've, I've given advice to both my female friends and my male straight friends. And if I'm giving dating advice, um, a lot of the things I say is, you know, just be straight up on honesty is really important. You know, if you, if you're going to flake on someone, don't lead someone on, right? If you're mm. not interested, stop flake, flake, don't ghost or flake, just be upfront and honest. If you have a first date and you weren't feeling it, just say, look, I'm not really into it. You know, we can be friends or, I mean, most times you're like, you just met this person for the first time. You're probably not going to be friends for, uh, you might, but you, you might not. Right. Mm. Um, being upfront and honest be courteous, be on time, like my, be respectful of people's time. Give yourself a buffer. If you're meeting after work and you know, there might be traffic or something, just kind of find those ways to, to really make a good first impression. Cause like I, I'm all about a first impression 
And I'll remember the first date and like everything that happened. And that kind of sets in motion whether there's going to be a second date and kind of uh, gives paints a picture of who this person is. You know, you're, we usually put our best foot forward on the first dates and we, you know, do our best to present ourselves. Think of it. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like a job interview. <laughs> I, I mean, actually really watched the is. funniest video last night that said dating should be like a job I interview. I think I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. and- um it was yeah very hilarious yeah think of it um and and you know like I think it is just just being respectful I mean there's so many different rules with with dates and first dates go with the flow and and feel it out and I, I it shouldn't really be a lot of pressure it should just be just casual and fun. Unless That's what it's, I unless it's a bad well. date, then there's nothing you can do about that. If it's something, no, but just find the humor. And I've been yeah. on some bad dates, and I find it actually hard not to laugh in the moment in their face. <laughs> sometimes, to be honest, I've got to like hold it in. <laughs> so no, that's probably not going to help the situation if no. I start laughing at them. But um, so I laugh later. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm going to flip this the other way. Um, what do you think gay couples can learn from straight couples? What can we learn from straight couples? I feel that longevity is a good thing, right? It's something that I want myself. And older couples, I probably just be more for older couples, mm-hmm. older straight couples that have been married for like decades. Mm-hmm. And how they're still, like what they do to kind of keep that relationship strong. And you know, you hear of like a lot of your grandparents that have been with their your grandma for like 50 years. And like, mm. that's what I think is more because like the modern day straight couple, it's like, things are very different. How life is right now. Like just mm. dating so different, but I really like to learn how older couples that have like 30 plus years of marriage. I mean, I guess I could ask my parents. I know they've had their own struggles in their own ways, but I think my parents are almost at 30. If not, they are at 30 years. Um, what they do to, I don't want to ask my parents because it's awkward, but no, it's <laughs> I don't want to like, maybe I'll interview uh, them so that you don't have to. Oh my to. God. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. You'll love my mom. I love um, it. But kind of like what it is, I mean, I'm sure part of it is there's the sexual aspect of it, but you know, the things like I, I like, you know, like when you're dating someone, there's like the honeymoon period where it's just mm. like, everything's just, you're excited about it. And then after you've been with someone for many years, that might kind of go away. I don't, I want there to be that honeymoon period. I want there to be like, when you kiss your partner, it's like, like the first kiss mm. and finding ways that I want to know what those couples do to find ways to like make it alive and magical. Cause you see, I see a lot of them still like really lovey dovey and cute. And I, I, I want to know what, what their secrets are. Yeah. Well, we'll have to find out. I've actually got um, an interview planned coming up soon. That should be able to answer those Ooh, questions. I'll have to watch that. So hear that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, is there any other bits of wisdom or anything you think we can share with everyone listening today? I feel like a lot, I don't know, maybe breaking stereotypes. Mm. You know, I mean, like I said, with the, with the gay relationship, it's like everyone, I mean, there's different roles, right? And, and, but, but then, like I said, you can be on equal footing. And, and I think, um, like the LA gay community is very different than like, I grew up in Texas and the, you know, and Texas is very conservative. So it's still, it's not as like, diverse or some parts are but as la but i can you go into that a bit yeah, yeah. um you want me to go into a text well i mean yeah. i grew up in a conservative family so i came out in college um you know my father's republican my mom's kind of like not as much but yeah um it was it was really hard because like i didn't have 
any outlet. Like I didn't really have very, I didn't know many gay people in high school. They were probably not out. There was maybe one out kid. So I didn't really have an outlet like media back then, TV and film. There wasn't much representation and visibility. And so I didn't have like what a lot of kids these days have a lot of like awareness and visibility in the queer community. So um, being out, you know, was tough. I came, I went to a diverse college in Austin, which is very liberal. And um, so that was a great place to kind of where I became myself. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like the stereotype of Texas, like men are gentlemen. And there is a lot of that and a lot of different morals and stuff. L.A. is like a hodgepodge of many different people. And I, I, you know, when I first moved out to L.A. And all, this is actually really interesting to talk about. And I'm glad, and I wanted to get into it is is the gay lifestyle and the gay culture in L.A. There's like different. It's so varying and it's so all over the spectrum because there's like like. When I got here, there's like the West Hollywood scene where people like are always going out to bars and drinking. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, you know, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, there's drug usage and mm-hmm. there's a lot of couples that are very um, promiscuous and like, that's just their lifestyle. And I'm not, ta- that's just personally, not judging never, it's I'm not judging, yeah. I'm just observing. I have, I'm very like, I'm into a monogamous relationship. That's just how I function. Um, I'm not, I know couples that are in open relationships. I know you've had Um, different podcasts about that and i think it works for some people and then i've seen older gay couples that have open relationships but it's always like one person's unhappy and the other person's like going and sleeping around and it's like well they're together because they've been together for 20 years but it's like they're just really good friends and but Uh, is it it's not really the love's kind of gone and it and so it's like well why do you think they stay together i well sometimes it's like things like finances like they might own a condo or a house together okay I know one couple that has two twin daughters. Okay. I mean, there are certain circumstances where it's like, it makes sense, I guess, for them to stay. Because if you separate, like, it is kind of, you think about it, it's hard, right? The divorce and like, I mean. It is, but it's also pretty hard to live in an unhappy situation every day. And that's that's (laughs) the other point I was going to get to. So my, personally, if I were in that situation, I would hope I would respect myself enough to respect both parties and be like, look, we can make this amicable and go our own ways. Mm. Because look, you have one life to live and you might be missing out on meeting someone new mm. and people change in years. I'm hoping that, you know, I never get to that point, but you know, seeing that, that LA can, it's a really crazy place to like live when there is a huge gay population in West uh-huh. Hollywood and it's very safe and you can be yourself and you, you see billboards, um, LGBT themed billboards. It's really great. And it's beautiful. Yeah, but there's a part of that culture that I'm not really like. I'm not. I've never been to a circuit party for, that I'm aware of, and like I never really was into all that. What's that? A circuit party. Um, it's just kind of like a think of like a. Are you familiar with like a rave? Like yeah. just like a lot of music. It's usually involved a lot of like the stereotype is like people are on drugs a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, there's this thing called white party that happens and once a year. And shirts off. That's what yeah, I always think. Yeah, of. no, even check that. out my body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's, see, it's very and like. And another thing that the gays struggle with in LA, it's very similar to women, is where like it's that pressure to look a certain way, like ah. be fit, be like have your abs, and like there's that kind of pressure where like you know how women in, in Hollywood are depicted, like you you can't be fat, you can't be, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's still there's those kinds of things. And where does that pressure come from? Do you think? I insecurity. Yeah, I think I actually really think it comes from like a lot of men who couldn't be themselves for a long time and were insecure. 
and have tried to like overcompensate. Okay. And I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm just saying no. a lot of it I've noticed more so if there's been some kind of insecurity and and it's tough because then it's like just people just really become gym rats. And not that's that's a good addiction to have, but the there's more to life than like having yeah. to be a look like a Ken doll, you know, like, yeah. And I think, but there's also a lot of diversity in LA. So there's people that look normal and people that are of all different shapes, sizes and colors. And I like that as well. Uh, I think that's really important. So I, I, for me, there was parts of LA's gay culture that was a shock, but then I realized I need to just stay away from certain like parties and certain bars because that that's where you're going to, those types of people are going to be attracted there. Yeah. I'm finding more of the gay culture that i like through professional networks okay and these are people that like are just the career driven like me like-minded individuals and through mutual friends with common interests i mean i love it when i have like a group of my gay friends like let's do a game night you know like really dorky stuff like that you know i love it yeah it was interesting because in my early 20s i would go to these big mansion house parties that some gay producer was throwing and you'd see all these young gay men trying way too hard and some you know and it's interesting because like that does exist. Um, but I pulled out of it and I, I kind of never really experienced a lot of it. Cause I've heard like a lot of different types of stories from friends. I'm like, Oh, I never experienced any of that. And I never saw any of that, but because I didn't associate or hang out with people that, and then, like I said, I'm not judging anyone for what I, their choices what it are. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. It's yeah. not my lifestyle. Yeah. You know? Um, the monogamy was, is an interesting point you bring up. Cause mm-hmm. that's something that, over the years I've heard from my gay friends yeah. is that there's I've had a lot of gay friends that do want monogamy and do want a relationship, yeah. but they find it quite difficult to have that because it's sort of like, you know, they say men are like want to spread their seed, so to speak. No, I mean, yeah, and then we're there's that the difficulty. Yeah. yeah. So how how does how do you handle that? Like that's Well, I mean, I've been in relationships where I was cheated on. So it's kind of that example of like mm-hmm. they couldn't keep their you know, in their pants, yeah. right? Um, I know young couples that are my age that are married, but then once in a while they'll have a third party, but they have to be together, Yeah, right? And then I, I don't have any close couple friends uh, anymore, but, like, I know of people that will have their open relationship, they'll casually talk about, like, oh, yeah, we'll just, you know, do whatever we want. But then that also you risk, like, what if someone gets emotionally attached to someone, you know? Yeah. And... I've been hit on by uh, couples before and it, it just never really was my thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's really complicated. And in the end of the day, if you're the third party, you're you're going home alone, right? Yeah. And it just feels like you feel like you're a tool or or an object. I, I, I there are, and it's good to know that there are other gay, real, peep, gay men that want the monogamous relationship because yeah. I think it's rare. And I'm glad, I, you know, I met Daniel, my current boyfriend, and we are both kind of on the same page. And that's going to make us really strong. And then I've, I've had people say, well, you know, like, don't knock it till you try it. Like, you don't know where you're going to be in 10 years. And I was like, well, someone told me that when I was like maybe 23. And I'm 30 now. And I'm like, I still have the same mentality. Like, yeah, I don't think I haven't changed in almost a decade since that was last kind of, I really only was introduced to this type of lifestyle in LA. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. even know that existed in Austin when I lived in Austin. I was still very new to being out of the open relationship type of thing. And I was like, no, well, I know my, I know myself very well. And when for uh-huh. someone to say, you don't know and right now, it's like, I feel like, well, no, because I'm built differently and I'm uh-huh. very self-aware of myself. And the thought of it, it just, it's just like, I don't, 
It yeah, it just doesn't. It won't work. I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. The idea of it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Just for me personally, to 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 the experience to like if just I have a bond with someone, I wanted to just be that someone because I can run into like the hottest male actor that I might have a crush on, but I'm like, no, I want to go to my current you know yeah. partner, right? Like that's who I have a deep bond with, mm-hmm. and that's just how I'm built. And I think there are, there are many people like that, and. I feel like, and that is a challenge because I know like dating in LA, that's one of the questions I kind of want to figure out within the first couple of dates, actually. And that's an important question. The Monogamy. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very important question. So do you straight up say, are you into monogamous relationships? I I do actually. I think this is something you can't really sugarcoat. I'd be like, I know that I've done in the past, like, you know, I'm into monogamous relationship. I've always been into monogamous relationship. I want to eventually be in a monogamous marriage one day or something like that. And so I'll make sure to say it early on. I think that's a huge difference because I've never felt the need to have to say that yeah. or ever heard of a straight yeah. friends needing to say that. Actually yeah, as well. I know. Yeah. Like, I know straight couples do it themselves, but it's not, it's not like you have to say that. No, but like in gay relationships, like gay. Yeah. you do. I'm at least in this city, in LA, yeah. like a city like this. And- I had um, gay friends in Australia, in Melbourne as well, and they would say that it was like that, like mm-hmm. this particular friend that I had, he he wanted a relationship and he wanted it to be not open, but mm-hmm. he just found it so hard, difficult um, to find that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's tough. I mean, you, you really have to, that's why you have to ask early on, and that's yeah. something that's really important because that's a really big part of the relationship, right? Yeah. And... I think there was one person I dated and this is the, the, I was exclusive with him and this was two years ago and he had been in a seven year relationship and okay. he, it, he, it ended, it wasn't that great when it ended, but he had been single for a year when we started dating and he's like, yeah, you know, we kind of opened it up at the end and he said, and essentially that's what kind of destroyed their relationship actually okay. is he didn't say that's directly, but I could tell yeah. That it was just like, it wasn't a thing. Well, and maybe was it already pretty much dead and that was like yeah, a last chance? Yeah, or was it was really last, the exactly. fact that they opened it or was it that was, That's a, we'll try another strategy? Super accurate point, Sarah. You just like hit it on the head. Like it was just fizzling out. So at that point, it's like, well, why are you still together? You've been together for seven years. You live together, but you know what? Just move out, right? Eventually he did. And he said that he was into a monogamous relationship because I had asked him and I was really nervous because I'm like, well, your previous one, you kind of weren't at the end mm. even if it wasn't going well and so i was very apprehensive and then you know he and i he, i never knew for sure that he cheated on me but i knew does yeah. that make sense yeah like i your could instincts. tell oh you're instincts, my instincts no. were so sharp there were certain things in his apartment that that yeah. hinted that there was another person and when i had said certain things he got very weird and then was like he kind of just called it off with me because i think he knew that i he had messed yeah. up and was like i don't I know I, I, I'd rather just get out of this now than like hurt this person, which I wish he had been honest with it, but he kind of sugarcoated it and made it something else. Um, but I could see right through it. So that just kind of said, showed that his tendencies were still kind of there. He couldn't really stick to one person. And the sad part is he said specifically, I want to be exclusive. Yeah. And then another bad relationship. I did this guy for two months. Um, and he also asked to be exclusive. But he was kind of a sociopath slash a pathological liar because he was <laughs> dating someone else at the same time, which makes no sense. Oh. Because I know because he was so like, he would get jealous about me hanging out with certain people because they, yeah. they were my friends. 
yet he was seeing someone else and lying. And I was exclusive with him. It was so messed up. It sounds up. like he was projecting on you. Some people that are, are guilty or I something. I think so, yeah. Overreacted. Absolutely. So it's really interesting. It's like, so, so for someone like that, I'm like, well, he might need to be in an open relationship. But I think he has other bigger issues of insecurities and, like, he just needs to be more that, honest. Things like that are always not the actual problem, which I know sounds weird mm-hmm. or strange, but mm-hmm. it's often it's a behaviour and a Band-Aid of something yeah, much deeper. Absolutely. And it always comes back down to a lack of self-love. Yeah. And not feeling worthy, not feeling good enough. So you you often trying to look for validation and that might be having a lot of partners like that because you feel good because yeah. I'm attractive and people that. are into me and whatever. So there's a, always a lot more going on. And, in fact, my observations of LA, which you mentioned the gay community, but from when I first moved here, I, I just observed behaviours and things like that. We both work in the entertainment mm-hmm. industry and Something that I've noticed is people give a lot of compliments, even though a lot of them don't mean what they have to say, right? And I thought that was really strange because in Australia, we don't really Mm-mm. do that. Yeah, we, no. And I'm definitely someone that if I say something, I mean it. So if yeah. I compliment you, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Like, I mean what I say. <laughs> yeah. And I can't be fake. I'm not, I'm not very good at that at all. But I thought it was interesting that people knew most people don't mean what they say here in the compliments, but they want to hear it anyway. Like it's an expectation. Like I got told off once because I didn't suck up to this director enough and give him enough compliments on his film, right, which shocked me. I was like, huh, okay. I didn't compliment mm. in the way that he wanted to be complimented, which whatever. I'm, who, who told you off though? Uh, this production company that when we had the meeting, like. Like you had to kiss his feet. Pretty much, which I'm not going to do. No. And You don't want to work with someone like that. No, but it was an, and that was an experience my first couple of months here. That was where this question started answering. And then I realised what it was is LA is actually full of insecurities and fears and and most people in this industry that there's insecurities going on no matter what level that they're at. And the reason why they want the compliment is because they're trying to get the validation because of the the lack of self-love and the lack of the the insecurities. And then I was like, okay. And so I'm like, that's okay. And then I went, given that, I'm happy to give people compliments and help them, help lift them up because mm-hmm. I prefer to lift people mm-hmm. up than bring mm-hmm. them down. Mm-hmm. But I will still only compliment on something that I like about them. Like yeah. if, if they're not a nice person, I'm not going to no, <laughs> say that they're a you. nice person or something no. like that. But I will find something that I genuinely mean because yeah. there's always something good in every human being. Yeah. So that was my one of my lessons actually just to valet, which is a little bit off topic, but no, it but- sort of isn't because in relationships it does affect that as well as most people have wounds and things. And yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like I've gone on dates where someone will be a super complimentary of me and like seem like they're into it, but I'm like, and then they're like, oh yeah. And then like later they're like, oh, I don't say anything romantic. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's like, a, that's like one of those like mixed signals things. So yeah, some people do that, and I don't know why. I mean, I guess maybe it's just like a habit of the culture and the nature of this a city like this, where there are a lot of people that are insecure because they are constantly being judged, and sometimes your work requires you to be critiqued. Yeah. You know, like an actor, for example, they have a job where they get a lot of rejection. Yeah, tough job. It's it is really a tough, tough job to it's read that in the paper. And the yeah. same with the directors as well. I know how nerve-wracking it is for them when, you know, 
my job as a publicist is to secure reviews for mm-hmm. their films, but this is their baby and this is their mm-hmm. baby that they've been looking after and developing and everything for two to four years. So, of course, it's nerve-wracking, mm-hmm. but at the same time you can't control that either yeah. and somehow you build this level of resistance and you have to just have absolutely self-belief in what you're doing and move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we're going to end it there, but I just want to put out there, of course, not all couples make it straight or gay. So, but I believe we can learn from each other and look at love and everything in different perspectives and, you know, how we approach life. I love just seeing, you know, different ways to be able to look at things and learn from everyone. So thank you so much. Yeah. And can I just say like in closing, I mean, for our heterosexual listeners, like I think right now we're in a point of, change and diversity is so important and i think it's important that we learn from each other and we respect each other and that we're all humans in the end of the day with the same goals we all want to love and love is love and we have a lot of the same challenges and the same struggles we're not very different from each other no and you know how we are born and the feelings that we have are innately our own but you know, we have a lot in common. And I think this is really great to bring the different perspectives, Sarah. And thank you for having me. And it's been fantastic. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. You have just listened to Our Deepest Secrets Revealed podcast with Sarah Finlay. Don't forget to subscribe to be alerted to our next episode. Connect with us via Twitter. And if you have any questions, please email my question at ourdeepestsecretsrevealed.com. Help us get the word out there and email a friend or two today about this episode. You can go over to iTunes and share the episode directly to a friend via a tweet, Facebook Messenger share, or post it to your profile. Otherwise, you can copy the link and email it. Thank you so much for sharing. Until next time, keep shining. Enjoyed this episode of our Deepest Secrets Reveal? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's like leaving a tip and really appreciate it. Thank you.